Ah, back home. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. This week's news is about landscaping with mint. Does your yard or property have some rough areas that just don't seem to want to cooperate with your landscaping efforts? Steep hillsides, rising inclines, or areas that always seem to be eroding away can often be successfully planted with any of a wide variety of mint plants. There are many species of mint that are easy to propagate and spread rapidly while surviving adverse growing conditions. Most varieties of mint also help deter bugs and insects, are disliked by rodents, and ignored by deer. Many varieties are used for cooking or medicinal purposes, but even the flowers can be used for fresh or dried arrangements. The cultivation and use of mints goes back thousands of years, from the Chinese to the Greeks and the Romans. Spearmint may be the original medicinal mint used as a digestive aid after meals or as a treatment for coughs, colds, and fever. Uses for mint were included in the Papyrus Ebers, the world's oldest surviving medical text, and a cup of steamy peppermint tea is an old remedy that still works for stomach distress. But it wasn't until 1696 when a British botanist named John Ray began to differentiate the different mint varieties that the Western world learned all mints are not the same plant. Early colonists found Native Americans using an original wild mint, Mentha arvensis, to treat cough, chest congestion, and pneumonia. Today, mints are used not only medicinally, but in herb teas and in cooking to flavor meats, vegetables, jellies, and sauces. The one drawback to mint cultivation is the reason it's so good for landscaping rough, tough areas. Once mint gets established, it can really spread. A few sprigs of mint planted in a vegetable garden can often take off and compete with other crops. But on a hillside or in a rocky area, this becomes a good thing. If your planting area isn't large and you want to contain several varieties, one good approach is to set 1 by 12 boards into the ground between the varieties. Mints also cross-breed fairly easily, so if you're planting mint for more than pure landscaping reasons, consider separating them into areas to prevent the flavors from intermingling. Many types of mint require minimal moisture, such as English apple mint, orange mint, ginger mint, and even a chocolate mint. At the other end of the scale, water mint does prefer lots of moisture, so those areas that never seem to quite dry out might be candidates for water mint. Mints are excellent for companion planting with fruit trees, such as peppermint and thyme at the base of a dwarf apple tree, peach, or apricots, because they'll naturally ward off most hungry deer looking for tender green leaves. One problem area for many homeowners is along the driveway, where gravel and stone can prevent many grasses from taking hold. Blue balsam mint is a surface-spreading mint that needs only a few inches to take hold, develops bluish-tinged leaves, and creates its own mulch with thick, leafy growth and an entwined root system that helps prevent washouts and heavy rains. 
More information on Landscaping with Mint is available from Back Home Magazine. Our phone number is 800-992-2546, or we're on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW, Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated, on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of Old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. This is NCR, National Corporate Radio News. Your news for you. Are homosexuals screwing each other, or is the state of Texas screwing them? Hello again, I'm Boren Only, and today on What's the Point, we'll be speaking with ACLU attorney Robert Landsman, who is appealing his client's conviction of sodomy on the grounds that once he is in jail, he'll get even more. Tune in like a creepy voyeur to this unsettling conversation, about which I will seem to have no opinion whatsoever. But What's the Point, later today on National Corporate Radio. This is Nick Foodcourt. Join me today for another edition of Morning Becomes Pathetic. Today, we'll hear from a variety of unsigned bands who just happen to be my personal friends. Plus, in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll be joined in studio by aging Britpop sensation Night Harvest as they play some crap from their new album, Beer Boner. Morning Becomes Pathetic. It'll waste your time in an interesting way. You are actually listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Now I forgot where I'm at. (laughs) Wake up. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. I was going to skip you there for a second there. Because <laughs> yeah. I was going to go into the pitch. Um, this is Ord Energy Mon, and this is our fall membership drive. And I wanted to find out if we actually have any friends who listen to this show. Yes. <laughs> this is a guilt trip. I want you to actually let us know that you like the show by actually pledging some money. Yes. <laughs> to our show. Because this is, well, I said our show. But this is your yeah. community spirit. There is a lot of people who send us happenings. There's a lot of people who like things to happen in this community. So, I don't know. Yeah, so if you want those things to keep happening and for us to keep mentioning them, you can send in to uh, WDBX to keep DBX on the air. Because if DBX isn't on the air, you know, we're not going to be on the air. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to come in no matter what. Even if the station went off the air, we were still like doing the show. Yeah, if the station goes off the air, we might go on the street corner with a bullhorn and try to <laughs> announce the happenings. It's but like, it won't reach as many people. That's true. Well, we don't know if it reaches any people. Yeah. Right? I mean, if people don't actually, like, pledge to support the community radio station and your community spirit radio show. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, the phone number... C- which you can call right now is 618-457-3691. And um, I missed last week because I was in Iowa for the Iowa Renewable Energy Fair. 
and I got to talk to a guy who is from Minneapolis. He has a company, and he was an actual official vendor at the Republican National Convention. Not actually, I don't think in the convention hall, but they had, um, they actually had got a permit to have a concert or, you know, a public event on the steps of the Capitol. Yeah. You know, the Capitol building. And the, the permit said they could do it till 7 p.m. And, um, around 6 p.m., a band called, you guys might know them, Rage Against the Machine. I don't really, you know, <laughs> I don't think most people have heard of them. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Anyway, they had just finished doing a $60 a pop um, actual concert. Either they were going to it or just came from it. And they decided to unofficially show up at this public event that was, you know, sanctioned by a lot of different groups. And they get up on stage and they set up and about 6.20... They go into their first song, and the powers that be shut the power off. <laughs> because apparently Rage Against the Machine likes to, well, rage against the machine. Yeah. And they figured that the over 2,000 people who were there would riot or something. Um, and so they figured shutting the power off wouldn't make them mad. They're not going to riot, you know, if there's this free concert and you turn the power off, nobody's going to get pissed off. <laughs> but luckily, the Rage Against the Machine band used this to their advantage. Instead of saying, go tear the town down, which you would think would have happened, um, my friend Scott told me that the one of them got a uh, didgeridoo out and started playing it while the rest of the band told everybody to come really, really, really close and sit down. And they did a complete acapella set. <laughs> now, they did play a few acoustic stuff, like a drum and a didgeridoo, but they did a call and response where they would sing and the audience would sing with them. And it was just... When Scott told me this... Um, how he was saying it was so intense and profound that, you know, the hair on my arms stood up. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, because they stayed there after 7 p.m., they arrested 818 people. <laughs> well, they didn't arrest them. They detained. <laughs> they detained them for, they can detain them for 48 hours, <laughs> but it was the weekend, and so they detained them, you know, they don't actually start counting it they, they count it during the week. And so they didn't start counting until Monday. So people didn't get out till Tuesday. Yeah. So they arrested people on, you know, Friday night and Saturday. So I just thought that that was a story that I had to tell. Yeah, it's an exciting story, especially if you've ever heard Rage Against the Machine, you know, imagining them being there and doing the concert uh, a cappella anyway. Well, let's just, I mean, they're like a... Yeah, they a play heavy metal band. Yeah, they play loud music, you know. So yeah, very intense, loud, fast. <laughs> they must have had to really shout when they sang. I mean, yeah, how do they, you know, they don't even have microphones. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they project their voices. Well. And there was well over a thousand people there crowded close to the stage. It probably helped that some of the people in the back, you know, already knew the words of the songs, you know, so when the callback came, they might not have heard it clearly, but they sang anyway. <laughs> right. 
But uh, I mean, imagine people were quiet enough yeah. to hear someone singing. I just can't imagine being at an event where there's over a thousand people, and people would be quiet enough to hear somebody speak, sing, whatever. I just yeah. that's intense. That's the magic of Rage Against the Machine and the magic of the people. <laughs> it's an exciting story. Okay, happenings. Um, that was my happening, so let's oh. see what's happening around here. <coughs> yes, so let's see, other happenings going on. Oh, we could start with this. Uh, the Brown Bag Bioneers Lunch Series continues this Friday and runs for another five weeks. Brown Bag Bioneers takes place noon to 1 p.m. on Fridays at the Interfaith Center in Carbondale. That's at 913 South Illinois Avenue. Each week we'll highlight a video presentation from recent Bioneers conferences. Brown Bag Bioneers this week is Michael, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Polan, P-O-L-L-A-N. Well, I was thinking it's about food, so uh, you would think it would be really exciting if it was pronounced Pollen. Pollen. <laughs> to pollinate. <laughs> yeah, yes. which is like... We'll, we'll pretend that's how you pronounce it, if, if it is or not. And he's going to be talking on the local food revolution. Uh, all welcome, are all, all are welcome to this event. The Brown Bag Bioneers is leading up to Heartland Bioneers, which is coming up on October 17th through 19th. If you're not familiar with them, they're an exciting conference and organization. <coughs> um, every year they have the conference and... It happens on the West Coast, but the uh, the main feeds are beamed here to Carbondale. So then Carbondale has its own conference and workshops and such. And this is actually the fifth annual here. Yes, the fifth annual local uh, Heartland Bioneers. Bioneers. So on Bioneers in general, you can go to Bioneers.org, or you can tune in to WDBX on Mondays and Thursdays from 9.30 to 10 a.m. for the Bioneers award-winning radio show. So also for more info on Brown Bag Bioneers, you can visit www.southernsustainability.org or call 525-7900. And uh, today, which in case you didn't know, is Friday, there's a Rice and Spice International Dinner at the Interface Center. This is um, the Friday International Dinner today from 6 p.m. on and it's a slow food dinner the idea is people come and cook together and eat together and actually talk together so bring your favorite friend you can bring your favorite drink or food mm -hmm. but that is not required so international slow food dinners otherwise known as rice and spice mm -hmm. rice and spice <laughs> And I'm sure the spice helps you eat it a little slower so you don't burn yourself too much. Well, <laughs> if it's if it's hot, that's not properly spiced, right? I mean, if it's so hot you can't eat it, that's not properly spiced. <laughs> I mean, the reason why I like Indian and Thai food is it has a lot of spices in it, and you still get that intense euphoria after eating it, but your mouth is not burnt. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get the good stuff. Sounds like fun. So, a lot of Friday happenings and other happenings today. Uh, the big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. This, uh, this week's film, showing tonight, is called Winter Soldier, the film. 
1776, Thomas Paine wrote, quote, These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of a man and woman. It, so in February 1971, one month after the revelations of the Malay massacre, an astonishing public inquiry into war crimes committed by American forces in Vietnam was held at a Howard Johnson motel in Detroit. The Vietnam Veterans Against the War organized this event called the Winter Soldier Investigation, uh, tied to that quote, actually. More than 125 veterans spoke of atrocities they had witnessed and committed. This film documents that momentous event largely ignored by the corporate media. So that's tonight at 7 p.m., 214 North Washington. Um, and I don't know if I've seen the whole movie or not, but I know I've at least seen part of it, and it's, it's really powerful stuff, because, you know, this was right as, as the news of those war crimes was coming out, and it's, they have discussions of what it was like, you know, to be in war, and it's, it's very powerful. You know, when you hear these, uh, these armchair chicken hawks, you know, in Washington, in D.C., saying how, oh, we should go fight all these wars, you know, um, you should listen to the other side and hear, hear the people who have actually gone to fight these wars and s seen how bad war is. Well, that was the most intense thing for me, that the majority of the people who have voted for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and just to let you know, legally, we haven't been at war since World War II. Yeah, there's so, been no declaration of war. Right. Legally, we're not at war. People who call it war are actually uninformed. Mm -hmm. And so I will call it a war because I'm uninformed. <laughs> um, none of them had been at war or very few of them had been at war or had a son or daughter who was going to go to war that less i remember reading less than five people who you know in the congress in the house who actually voted for it had any direct involvement in war so uh, do you have anything about the co-op harvest picnic oh uh, yeah i do uh this is going to be just a show of happenings uh, oh yeah thank you for the community for sending us all these happenings um, I unfortunately can't go to any of them because my calendar. No, it's it's mm -hmm. just too much stuff to fill yeah, your it's calendar. You have to do all of it, but you can pick and choose because yeah. we have that that's abundance here in Southern Illinois. Speaking of abundance, the local harvest picnic that's coming up on Saturday. That's tomorrow at Turley Park, which is uh, it's this is a event by the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery, and it's right next to the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery is Turley Park. They're having a potluck at 5 p.m and music by the Bankisters at 7 p.m. And you can bring your favorite potluck dish to share. The co-op will also have its own uh, main dish, dessert, and non-alcoholic beverages. We'll also have limited alcoholic beverages, too, if you've got an ID. So it should be pretty exciting. I've been to, like, well, in the, at times they've had the organic harvest picnic, and now they have the focus on the local harvest picnic to celebrate the abundance of southern Illinois. Yeah, there's a lot of good food right now. Yeah. Speaking of which, Farmer's Market, Saturday mornings. Yes, yeah, Saturday mornings. I mean, there is so much good food now, and you can stock up now because there's a lot, of, a lot of squashes, potatoes, the fall crops. Yeah. And this is stuff you can buy lots of because they stay good for a long time. Yeah. So. so Saturdays, you can just, this Saturday, you can just celebrate abundance all day. <laughs> Farmer's Market and local harvest picnic and... It's actually a good time for it because the equinox is coming up uh, in a couple days, so 
You can also celebrate the autumn equinox. All right, friends, here's an announcement from 101 Yoga. There's a worldwide celebration to further the United Nations International Day of Peace. The Global Mala is a practice of 108 sun salutations interspersed with music and dedications. So, um, you know what a sun salutation is? Uh, yeah, it's actually a series of yoga poses. Um, they flow one into the other, and it helps you know it helps you to start your day on the right foot because it it exercises your body and e you know each muscle in your body gets its own you know attention from the sun salutation and you're actually saluting the sun thanking it for coming up too yes thanking the sun yeah. for coming back because you know I eternal darkness would be kind of a bummer yeah it's like <laughs> um chanting drumming and dancing will be also be ways to take part and there will also be drinks and snacks for sale and this is at the pavilion which is um this whole event's uh, um it doesn't say on here. It's at Turley Park, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it's at Turley Park. That's what I thought. And um, if you want more information about it, globalmala.org. And Mala is spelled M-A-L-A. -A. And so this is a part of the International, the United Nations International Day of Peace. So Yes, and it's noon to 5. I don't think that particular announcement mentioned that. <laughs> I didn't, no. But noon to 5 on Sunday. Do you have any more happenings? I don't think so. That's an action-packed set of happenings, though. Well, that's the weekend. I do have one more happening. Monday is World Car-Free Day. Aha. And I want to... I practiced today. I've been riding my bike a little bit today. I actually rode it. I had a meeting at the Interface Center this morning, and I rode it up the strip on the road because I don't know if you're aware of this. A bicycle has the same rights as a car. And I've been reading the paper lately, and there are people who are breaking the law on the bicycle. And so I'm mad about that, but I'm also mad about the people who honk at me for being in their way. Yeah. Legally, I am a car. And so if I take up a lane, they're like, get out of the road. I'm like, well, I don't feel safe being on the side. Especially if I'm going to go turn left. Yeah, it's left turns, I was just going to say, it's very hard, you know. The cars will, well, you know, some cars are polite and they try to keep an eye out for you. But some, you know, you'll start leaning to the left and they'll try to push you back to the right if you're trying to turn. Right. They'll cut in front well, of you. Well, you know you're supposed to put the hand signal, you know the hand signals? Yeah. Turning to the left is just an arm straight out, but, you know... If the road's real rough, rough. Yeah, you might lose that arm if you're not timing it right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have to. You got to look and see <laughs> how it's safe to put your left signal out. <laughs> your left signal out. Um, sometimes so. there's other hand signals, you know, that I'm tempted to make, but I try to refrain from. Yeah, because yeah, they kind of are in a bigger vehicle than you are. Don't completely <laughs> piss them off. But I have twice in the last week seen somebody blow through a, a stop sign and a red light on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say to us fellow bicyclists, because I'm starting to feel like one, don't do that because that is illegal. It's a $75 fine, and I hope the police start pulling people over for it because someone's going to get killed doing that. A student two years ago got killed on campus where the speed limit is only 25 miles an hour by blowing through a crosswalk. Mm -hmm. A car hit her, drug her 30 feet, and... Well, ultimately killed her. Um, of course, the car was speeding, but so was the bicyclist. So, yes. 
So to pedestrians and uh, the automobile drivers. Pay attention. There are a lot more bicyclists out there now. Yeah. A lot. I actually got, I was I was pedaling last night, and I got passed by a bicyclist. He was uh-huh. just like, hey, and yeah. I didn't know the guy. He was just, like, excited to see someone else on the road at, uh-huh. you know, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they pass me, too, sometimes. I'm kind of slow on my bike at times, <laughs> but so I have the right to be in the road. Um, we didn't have a chance to get to any happenings, oh, and, well, not any, any news. <laughs> um I got this in my mailbox that I understand you uh, read it last week, but I thought I'd read it again. Cleared. Jury decides that threat of global warming justifies breaking the law. The threat of global warming is so great that campaigners were justified in causing more than 35,000 pounds worth of damage to a coal-fired plant, a jury declared yesterday, or let's see, September 10th. In a verdict that would have shocked um, public officials and energy companies, the jury cleared six Greenpeace activists of criminal damage. And their argument was, the juries accepted defense arguments that the six had a lawful excuse to damage property at a power station to prevent even greater damage caused by climate change. This is intense. The defense was under the Criminal Damage Act of 1971 allows damage to be caused to property to prevent even greater damage. Yes. Usually it's, you know, breaking down the door to to a burning house in case of a fire or, you know, um, breaking someone's bone when you're pulling them out of a car yeah. to save their life. And so the not guilty verdict delivered after two days and greeted with cheers cheers in the courtroom raises the stakes for the most pressing event in the world and will encourage further direct action. This power plant was a coal fire power plant and so they damaged they well over 35,000 pounds of damage. I don't know what that is in American money. Yeah, more, it's more than $35,000. Right. I can tell you. <laughs> um, and I mean all they did was they painted a symbol on the plant's chimney. That's it. Yeah. And it cost $35,000 to remove. Um, and it actually was the center for mass protest by climate ch- camp activists last month. So, I mean, they're, they're coming out really f- hard against um, coal-fired power plants because, well, they spew out a lot of smoke. Yeah. So... That's intense. I'm going to have to look this up more and read more about it, that the fact that you can cause damage if it saves... And so the jury actually considered, you know, that coal-fired power plants are causing damage to the public. Yeah, to the public. That's intense. Mm -hmm. So is there any other news that we want to talk about? Well, I want I want you to throw this one about the Tesla Motors. Did you read that one? Uh, no, I didn't get. Tesla Motors is planning in um, Tesla Motors, makers of the oh, yeah. ultra slick, ultra expensive all electric Tesla Roadster sports car, has announced that it will build a manufacturing plant in San Jose, California, to churn out within two years its newest all electric offering, a five seater sedan priced at a still spendy but slightly saner sixty thousand dollars. 
So their their original one was about ninety thousand, right? Yeah, ninety thousand. And so now they're going to do a sixty thousand one. Yeah. And that I mean that's what they plan to do. They plan to put out the high end and then work their way down. Mm, yeah. To the you know low end. The well, eventual goal is ninety sixty thirty basically. Right. What I've heard. <laughs> and um, most electric car companies are doing the exact opposite. They're starting with the cheap ones, and nobody's buying them because they're cheap. Cheap. <laughs> All right. This has been exciting at least for me, informative. Yes, for me. All right, I don't know. I was going to... Um, half hour of your community spirit. We are going off the air now, so that means you can call us and actually talk to us about pledging to this station and to our radio show. Yes. Our number is 618-457-3691. Call us and support this station. Yes. And uh, more importantly, <laughs> give us money. Yes, whether it's <laughs> our show or another's, you know, hopefully our show. But I'm actually pledging $25 right now. Really? Yes, 25 Yeah, I could do a 10, like, you know, individual, but I'm going to throw down 25 household because I'm not a wealthy man. Anyone who knows me knows, you know, I'm scraping you, by. Yeah, usually you scrape by on the student <laughs> membership. Yeah. Usually I scrape by on the student membership, but I'm so excited about WDBX and about our community that I'm throwing down 25 right now. Nice. Alright, give us a call 618-457-3691 If you're my friend I'm going to I was going to say a cost, but I'm going to rough you up a little bit on the street to get some money for this station. Stay energized. <laughs>